Welcome to Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're joined by Sam. Um, he's the CEO of CoreDNA. Sam, thanks for joining us, mate. Really appreciate you taking the time out here today. No worries. It's good to be here. It's good to Thank see you. a bunch of guys smiling yeah. on a Tuesday. They're always got a smile yeah. on a Tuesday. <laughs> it goes away on a Wednesday and a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, tell us about how you got into tech. So, how did it all start for you? Uh uh, I had, as I'm a Greek boy, my dad, I asked him to buy me a, um, an Apple II when I was 14 or 13 um, and then started doing stupid things with that. Uh, first bulletin boards before there was the internet, uh, set up a bulletin board with a whole bunch of modems into the house oh, nice. and then met a whole bunch of people out of that and started doing stupid things with um, games and, uh, and then graduated to my own, I think it was a, I think it was a, a Windows machine, um, not an ASUS, it was before ASUS. And then from there, went to uni, studied um, at La Trobe, uh, did a computer science degree um, and applied maths. Uh, La Trobe, maybe. That's where we're all from too. Uh, yeah, so actually, <laughs> I'm, going back there, I'm going back there tomorrow. They've asked me to come back and help them mm-hmm. uh, on the board to organize their um, content and how, oh, they nice. do, how they get people together, which is really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I then um, became a graduate at, at ANZ. So I went straight from uni to ANZ. I stayed with ANZ for 11 years uh, and had awesome fun. So I traveled all the world. I mean, at that, back then, ANZ was all over the world in the US, UK. I think they're still there now, but not as diverse as they were. Uh, then went to India. They seconded me to India, did some work over there. Came back, they said I wasn't, um, I wasn't a business person enough. I needed to become more of a business person. So I went and did a, an MBA at Melbourne U. Uh, mm-hmm. Finished that in 2000. And I met a guy there and uh, one of my lecturers, um, and he said to me, you know, are you going to be with ANZ for the rest of your life? And I went, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go do any, everything on my own. He was an entrepreneurial um, uh, teacher or lecturer. And uh, four weeks later, I left ANZ just before Y2K. I just walked out and uh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no plan. I had nothing. Spur of the moment, just but walk out the door. Get <laughs> out of all these books, you know, that yep. they taught me that if I used yep. these books, I'd, I'd set get up a business and it'd become awesome. Yeah, How'd that go for his head? It's still working on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a work in progress, isn't it? Oh. I just, yeah, I think it, the the, the, the you got to keep kicking the can down the road. That's what I commend to people. You keep kicking the can down the road. doesn't matter what happens. Don't stop. Yeah. Yep. So today uh, we have a, a company called CoreDNA, uh, which has a enterprise cloud platform, uh, three products, uh, e-commerce product for the enterprise, a CMS product, and uh, a workflow automation and low-code uh, system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Launched that in the US in 2015. So grabbed the family, moved to Boston, and uh, took a six year old daughter. And uh, we basically bunked out in Boston and started selling one to one into the US market. Uh, today, about 60% of our revenue comes out of the US mm-hmm. and Europe, okay. about 40%, but most of the growth is coming out of overseas, uh, mm-hmm. not so much in, in Australia. 
On that note, how do you manage that? So you've got teams set up offshore. Yeah. Engineers, yeah how do you In terms it? of the devs, we have we have a follow the sun. So we have a group. Uh, actually, we have a couple in the Ukraine, uh, a couple in Serbia. So that's our offshore kind of as, as much offshore as we'll do. And then we have our product guy in Germany, uh, in in Berlin. And then we have people basically tech support and sales and marketing in America. Mm -hmm. And um, that core dev team is here in Melbourne. So, yeah, okay. all the sort of major dev stuff happens here. Happens here in Melbourne. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. How, how many clients do you have on the platform at the moment? So, About 150. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, their sort of entry yeah. for the product is 1250. Uh, yeah. And the largest client pays us over 30 grand a month. That's a significant numbers in terms of yeah, investment. Enterprise, enterprise client. Yeah, yeah. they basically, you know, the product's twelve fifty a month starting. Mm -hmm. Everyone says, oh, how can you compete? And I'm like, we have to compare apples with apples. And of course, when you do that, you understand that it's actually quite cheap. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that. Okay. Oh, if they're comparing to like a... Ten dollar a month Shopify entry level for well, your e-commerce product, or free WordPress for your CMS submission yeah. is what we happens. A, we had a large company come off Shopify Plus, and they were like, "You know, we we're on Shopify Plus. You know, how does this compare? I go, well, how many plugins do you have?" And they go, oh, "About 30. And I said, "How many failed?" And they said, "Oh, all the time, all the time." Mm -hmm. I go, okay. "What's your business worth a year? Oh, tens of millions." I go, okay. Well, you decide whether or not you want to stay on that platform or you want to have, have it. Um, and, that, and we sort of win that. We win legacy installs. So people coming off enterprise platforms that are um, old school. So this is a modern framework and modern approach. And, um, you know, a lot of the old stuff, they just can't move fast enough. Like they just move really slow. Whereas if I wanted to, I'd get a, I'd get a site up with content um, within two days and, uh, and pretty feature rich and all the things you might want. So what's the core, the core of the product? Is it generally clients take the e-com and CMS? What's yeah, most clients. So we, we have two camps. We have one camp that are complex CMSs. So, you know, 20 plus websites and they want to share content. They want personalized experiences. They want complex integrations into other, other systems. And then we have sort of the mid-market to enterprise e-com who want to be able to do lots of content. I mean, again, uh, you know, the content engines on most e-commerce platforms are pretty bad. And, uh, you know, now they're starting to bunker up with headless platforms and they're all going, oh, we've got the new way to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And most marketers are pulling their hair out because it's gone back to 2002. And, uh, <laughs> You know, 25 steps back. Yes. Well, yeah, it's back to those days where, you know, when the internet first started, all the developers were basically you know, the bottleneck. You, mm. if you wanted something changed, something updated, you talked to the dev guy. Yeah. Now, what have they done? They've turned on headless for non-headless applications. Uh, when someone just wants a blog, they don't want it to be headless. What's the point? Uh, oh, they just need it to work. Exactly. And so they end up with these dev teams who are you know, no, no, no issue with React or any of those platforms, but they're much harder for people to kind of manage and, and do things with and hard to find resources and all those wonderful things. 
You mentioned workflow systems too. Tell us a bit about that. Is that more so workflow content? One of, the biggest, one, of the, one of the biggest challenges we found over sort of 20 years of building technology for people, or building sites pretty much, was all the integrations into and getting content from one place and fixing it and bringing it into another place. And we used to custom build all that stuff. And then one day, one of my techs said, what if we could low code it? And I said, okay, what would that look like? And it's like a Zapier, but it's in platform. And so it will, it will talk to any events that happen inside the platform, but then it'll talk to events that happen that are pushed on it from outside the platform. So, so something's updated here, send it to there or yeah, equivalent. So a couple examples, um, you know, if we want to run, so we have all the caching and all that kind of stuff built in, but we might want to um, send uh, data, someone registers, we, instead of having the registration process built into the interactive script, what we'll do is the registration process will just accept the registration and then there'll be a worker that goes off and pulls all the information um, it gets alerted and then it might send it to the CRM, it might then send it to the ERP, it might work on it, send some messages off to the client. Uh, so it can do quite complex uh, stuff and it's great for whenever we get a new customer and they've got a black box that no one knows about and they can only do CSVs. We go, okay, we'll export the CSVs, we'll, we'll write a script and we'll write a, a low code sort of workflow and we'll bring that in. Uh, and, and that's kind of one of, it's a really interesting area that we're working on uh, where most of the site work now just happens in that area, like all the sort of nuances of the site. That's good. Yeah, okay, so more customization and integrations happen yeah. in there. No, yeah. we don't yeah. do any anymore. So the, mm-hmm. the code once upon a time, we would always go, oh, Andrew wants this feature that we don't have. We'd be like, oh, all right, well, let's go write a piece let's of code. Let's go to build that. Yeah. If Andrew... <laughs> yeah. If Andrew logs in, yes, <laughs> put this button here. Yeah. yeah. And then Andrew leaves, and there's this if Andrew code, and someone finds it, and we all go, "What, what happened there?" Yeah. <laughs> Who's Andrew? Why is this here? So, yeah, there's no. It's all pretty much clean, uh, vanilla, uh, highly configurable, uh, and scalable. So we recently were involved for. If you got, you guys have kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, there were three boys. He's got a boarding. Okay, well, the girl probably wants to go to Taylor Swift. At some point, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there was a big chaos over Taylor Swift because last year um, Ticketek went down in the US. And so we look after the client that brought Taylor Swift out. So we needed to scale for, I don't know, one and a half million concurrents um, all within five minutes. Uh, Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? you basically look at your system and you go, okay, everything has to be static. <laughs> and then if it's not static, only this little bit has to be non-static and, um, you know, and how to scale it and how to downscale it. And I mean, you know, we've, we've had to deal with some difficult problems, which I'm sure you guys have too. Oh, we all do. Yeah. How did you get into this space of building CMSs? And- so, uh, so, hey, cool. how did you enter it? Because there's always yeah. a, there's a, there's a, a story decision. for that. Yeah. So, I finished my MBA and my business partner says to me, we should start a business. And I went, yeah, you're right. And, you know, I'm not going to stay at ANZ forever, even though I probably could have stayed there and had a great life. Uh, why don't I just punish myself? So as an entrepreneur, 
I think we like whipping ourselves, you know, come on, let's go do something really hard. Um, and so I, uh, we, we sort of started talking about it. We didn't have any plan. And then we're talking to Sophie's husband. He says, listen, we, we run shopping centers. And we said, oh, shopping centers. I know we can put the internet in there because Wi-Fi never existed, right? Don't look now, but circa 2000, Wi-Fi was like, really? And so we thought we would Wi-Fi the shopping centers, um, connect all the retailers up to the internet, provide um, portals for shopping centers. So we went and pitched it and they loved it. And we said, okay, great. So we started selling telephony and data services to the retailers. And that was what I call a no-love business. So I have this saying, businesses are of two types. They're either love or hate, right, or no love. Uh, you know, like anyone that's in telco, a la Optus, you know, they're not in the love game. You know, they're in the hate game. Everyone's ringing up again, my phone hasn't worked. No one's ever ringing Optus previously and going, thank you, my 5G was really good. Uh, and then there's love businesses, you know, when, you know, your broker gives you a great deal on your financing and you get it through, you know, you take your broker out to, to lunch and you go, thanks, man, you know, you really looked after me or, you know, your real estate agent or whatever you might be. There's always those love businesses that, that you get that was really awesome. And so um, telephony and data was not a love business. All we had was complaints and, you know, my phone doesn't work. I don't know how to use it. However, we started building software uh for the shopping centers. And because we're only a small team, I designed it as a SaaS platform before SaaS was SaaS. Uh, I've done some work inside ANZ and said to them, you know, this thing that the internet, it's gonna create this world where hmm. systems are gonna to talk to each other and they're not even gonna be in the same country. And so we used that as, a, um, as our first prototype. I got some guys from Melbourne Uni. Yep. We built one feature, which was basically a CMS, uh, and at that time there were only really custom CMSs, mm -hmm. and so we built that, sold it to the shopping center guys. They started using it. Oh, and by the way, it had to be multi-tenant because we were lazy and we couldn't deal with lots of shopping centers, so it automatically had multi-tenancy, and so on and so on. And that's how, that's how it all started. So from a phone to level the business, setting up internet through to the CMS. And then Stage what we did was, yeah, yeah, we bailed out on the phone business because there was no margins in it. And we started yeah. building sites as an agency, but only using our platform. And then that paid for development. And next thing you know, we've got 80 modules at the time. And, you know, we could do everything from surveys to, and then my team were telling me we just got too much. We've got way too much stuff. We can't tell people what we do. And so in 2014, uh, we decided to rewrite the whole system. So stuff and, special. And uh, we, we launched a brand new platform mm -hmm. called DXP2 uh, into the US. Like, and at the time, I remember like it was like very, it was back to pages. And nowadays we've only, you know, we're about to migrate Ecom to DXP2. We're still running DXP1 Ecom because it's so good. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a lot of hard work. It all starts from somewhere, doesn't it? And we learn across the journey. I think it's important for people to understand, especially if they're starting out in anything, it's always going to change and you're going to follow. You should listen to what your customers need and want. Yeah, I don't well. anything until my customer asks for it. I think yeah. the problem that I see today is people build systems, you know, like 
there's thousands of SaaS platforms out there. And everyone says, oh, Sam, you're a monolith. And I'm like, what does that mean? Well, you know, my system only does this one thing and it does it really well. And I go, well, most people don't use 80% of what you've done in that one really good system. They only use the 20%. And if you'd ask them, they would Yeah, you wouldn't have to build all that stuff. We only want the 20%. So building the 20% is easy. Putting it all together and making it talk and yes. giving a user experience that works, I think, is the hard bit. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely the hard part. It's making something look simple. And it's mm. not. Mm. So that's kind of the story so far. That's a, a fascinating story. So started at ANZ, went to India. I think you mentioned for three years off, off course. Yeah. Yep. Tell me a bit about that experience. What was that like going over to an office of the world? And I land land in Bombay. It's like three o'clock in the morning. There's 100,000 people waiting for me at the airport. You know, like (laughs) it felt that way. Like everyone was here. 3 a.m. in the morning, Sam's here. And then there's this one white guy holding a tinny in a a cooler with a white t shirt on. And, uh, you know, he's my, he's my go-to man while I'm over there. And I'm like, okay. So I said, you know, we've got Western food. And at the time, there was nothing. No, there would have been none at all. Oh, there. yeah, it was, what, 30 years no ago, Macca's, you said. No, none, of, none of the things that Westerners have. <laughs> now that it's changed dramatically. But it was amazing. It's an amazing country. Uh, it's amazing how it works. I love the whole, if you kind of sit and understand it, uh, the way that, Culture works is amazing. The food's awesome. You know, everyone thinks, oh, it's spicy, but it, it's not all. It's many different things. And it was at the start of the tech boom over there. So Bangalore didn't even have proper electricity. The, you know, the lights would go out at eight o'clock at night and generators would come on. And, you know, we put a um, an AS400 in there, which is, I think, before your time. But yep, a lot of the guys with gray hair will know what an AS400 is. And, uh, you know, one of the VPN connections, one of the connections got eaten by some rats, so we lost connections. Like it was just, <laughs> just some random stuff, yeah. You yeah. don't expect you'll never get in Australia, just this random stuff. The machine arrived on the back of the truck, it's 40 yeah. degrees, yeah. and there's these six guys with it on their heads holding it like this. Oh my God. They're like, oh, it's a couple million dollar machine. Oh, wow. I'm thinking, it's taken us six months to get this machine here. Please don't drop it, let me think. <laughs> the last mile it falls over. Yeah. And, you know, oh, it fell over. Do you think it'll work? Oh, no, yeah. uh, well, let's hope so. <laughs> well, that was fun. Um, and I think, you know, people ask all the time about India, but I think the US, for me, was more of a cultural change. A cultural was it? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone... Yeah. In what way? Well, everyone goes to the US and thinks that the US is exactly like us, and it's not. It's nothing like us. So everyone, you know, everyone you talk to, man, I want to launch into the US, and there's 300 million people can't wait you know yeah. all the sales i'm gonna make <laughs> yeah if only if they're easy right so yeah. 350 million people means yeah. that 10 whatever 30 million or 35 times the competition mm. and it's cluttered it's noisy everyone yeah. everyone's got angles no one's going home at 5 30 every day everyone's there until 9 10 working like trying to make it happen because their ideology is very different you know they're like although they're getting into balance but there's parts of the u.s that there's no balance no such thing as balance you hear a lot of stories out of california and new york yeah the two opposing two diametrically opposed cities in the world like yeah 
One they is, run very similar, though. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, the people are very different. So it depends on who you deal with. So the first thing is the East Coast, they're all fairly much the same until you get down to Florida, which changes again. Um, then you've got your Midwest, sort of that middle area there, and then you've got the West Coast, and they're also very different. So kind of where do you go, where do you start up, uh, you position yourself. A lot of people, um, where we went to Boston, uh, a lot of people in Massachusetts don't have a passport, right? Oh, oh okay. yeah, they just stay there, never leave. Some of them have left <laughs> the, the western part of Mass. They've never left it. Like, it, they, they live in this bubble, and mm. going to Boston is like, we went there once in our lives. Like, it's very different. <laughs> How did was you the, the, I was going to say, with the, the languages, was it a big shock just getting that Boston accent all the time? You get used to it. I started, I started having it order i've got a recording of my daughter on my parents voicemail and yeah. you hear a game like hello are you from the salt of the house like it's a very american <laughs> and now she doesn't sound american but um you're used to it uh i think things you don't get used to are probably you're sort of living a little bit of fear you know because you might live in this really cool part of the city and then a couple of blocks down there's murders and Gangbang stuff okay. and But Boston was very safe. I chose Boston because of that. Like, I went mm-hmm. to Dallas and the guy picks me up and he had guns. Like, oh, good. <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. All day life, isn't it? Hat on, guns. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, are they real? Because I thought it was, you know, like, if you imagine seeing someone like with a holster and. Yeah, he's um, just putting it on for it's show. Not like, ball, is it? Yeah, it's a field ball. It's a dress. It's not a field <laughs> Legitimately running around with guns, and, and you go into buildings, and it says no uh, hidden guns. Like they've got this sort of, you, know, you can't have anything concealed carry. Or... Yeah, and I was like, oh wow, does that mean you can still carry guns? And goes, yeah, yeah, just going to show them. I'll be concealed. That's okay then. Yeah, as long as people can see you got a gun, it's better. Yeah. And business is different, very very different. Yeah. Like the way. Um, in what, in what way? They, they just win at all costs. There's no no win-win. It's win-lose, you know, like win at all costs. It's like I'm going to destroy my competition, you know, like it's mm-hmm. – I'm like, I actually like my competition. I think it helps me, you know, like <laughs> – Helps you learn, helps you grow, helps you be better. Like there's, they, there's a lot there. Yeah, they have a very, very – it's very, very – I thought I was a capitalist until I went to the States. I actually realised I don't like it. I like helping people that need help. You know, I like, yeah. I want to make sure our elderly are looked after. I want to make sure our youngsters are looked after over there. It's like, you know, if you make money, you can have anything. If you don't have money, you pretty much have nothing. Yeah, put nothing over there. Mm. What made you decide to go over there? What was the calling card? Was it a client call out or was it just no. like, we have to go to the US or what was yeah. it? The agency here, so the agency was called Be Wired prior yeah. to Cordiano. And the agency had gotten, uh, I think we'd gotten to about 50 people. Mm-hmm. And it's all the ups and downs. You guys know this well. But yeah, we're, we're, delivery, we're yeah. an agency effect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when things are good, things are really good. And when things are sort of slow and soft, you're now looking at, you know, I've got to get rid of this person or, I've, you know, I've got to downsize. And, mm-hmm. and so I'd gone to that point and I really... I mean, I'm a mad developer. Like, I love developing. I'm still a geek at heart. <laughs> like, my current role, as much as I'm a CEO, I pretty much love just coding for fun. You so, still a coder for fun? Like Anthony over there. <laughs> yeah, that's my job. 
feel like getting my hands dirty, right? And, yeah. and most people are like, but you've got a team. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like a it's like a meditation for me. You know, I get in a zone and I might build something that I want uh, or I want to play with. Yep. And so I just found I wasn't having fun. I feel like I was just dealing with either, you know, client issues or people issues or, and I thought I didn't get into this for, for that. And so I wanted to let the baby have a, have a life. And literally that's what I've done because it was, you know, if I'd launched it probably 20 years ago as a product company, I probably couldn't have done it because it, you need services to pay for revenue until your IRR crosses that, what I call IRR parity. Uh, and that happened for us literally six months ago, uh, where we don't have to sell another client. Uh, we can just uh, run with our subscription revenue. So it's a great place to be. It takes how long did it take you to get there? So people get context uh, of this. So we, when we entered into Core DNA, so we really focused on the platform as a as a product. Uh, we started at two sixteen, so two thousand sixteen. So before that. Uh, we were more services than products. So we were undersell the product. Like our first client paid us 70 bucks a month. And we thought that was like, oh my God, they paid us for this software. Yes, we've got, a, we've got, a, we've got something. <laughs> it's a big difference to where you're at now. Yeah, very big. And that client's still with us. I think they pay $100 a month now, but, um, you know, I still kind of grandfathered them in because, you know, I'm happy. They were my first client. We knocked on the door. We said, and they're a medical practice in Brunswick. And we said, hey, would you like a website? And they said, yes. And I said, okay, <laughs> let's go. Uh, so, you know, you, you haven't got enough revenue. And then what happens is when you say you're going to become a product, all of a sudden those big chunks of revenue start going away. You start giving those to partners and you're like, oh, and then your revenue starts dropping and then you're putting money in and you have COVID and then you start dropping clients. And, uh, you come out the other end. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic going to full product. We're in the middle of doing something like that ourselves. I'm in, I'm in my eight year. What is it? Two sixteen now. So we're, we're going almost eight years. Eight year. Yeah. And yeah. you know, people said, "Oh, if you'd taken VC money, you know, you would have been there much faster." And it's true. It's, it's true, true, but it's but then, different. Right? Yeah. Then I have to play with their playbook. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Getting interested in that. It depends where you're at and what type of product you're running and where you position yourself and what you're interested in. Taking VC money is a different game. Look, some people don't have a choice. I was lucky enough to sell service and product, and I would do it the same way. Like nowadays, if someone came to me and said, I've got this really cool product, I'd say, go find a customer. And, mm-hmm. then, and then say, once you, and not your friend, your friend's not, you know, all my friends thought my software was awesome. It was until some stranger that never seen my. Just actually paid for it, yeah. Paid for it, you know. And now, you know, when you go into a tender, uh, and I don't like tenders in Australia. I'm just going to put that on the, on the record. No, never won any. Never won any. for a couple. I don't like the up. process here. <laughs> yeah, so Whatever I've been exposed to, I do not like it. Yeah, yeah they're, like at least in the states, they're very transparent. So I've got a, a strategy for you. If you're going to go apply for a tender, you're going to say, "What's the process? Mm-hmm. Do we get to demo?" Do we get to speak to you? Do we get feedback on our, our proposal? Do we get all these things that would then indicate that they're serious about you? Because doing a blind tender and then just getting, oh, sorry, you weren't successful. We did one recently and it still hurts me. Uh, we we did a, we, we on their scoring system, we were like in the top 10 percentile because everything was out of the box. Mm-hmm. We, had, uh, we 
did a proof of concept. We actually built a site with their content. Yep. We could. It was very easy. Uh, and we put the tender in a week in advance. And there were six people up and we didn't make it. And we were like, why? And the waffle that came back was like, oh, you didn't understand us culturally. You know, waffle. I'm like, where was that in the tender? Yeah, it's classic. <laughs> anyway, whereas in the States and in the Europe, and um, it's much more stringent because people don't apply anymore if they're not, if it's not an open playing field. Anyway, side issue. Good feedback, side issue. <laughs> what's the what's the play? Where to from here for you? So, uh, good question. So I'm 56. I'm not getting any younger, uh, and um, I'm I'm going to um, start putting back in, helping them. Um, uh, so I've got this thing I was speaking about today. I call it the seven three two, which is seven months of work, three months of giving back, and two months of doing nothing. And uh, the first step is I'm just about to uh, give some free desk space to some startups in the tech space and give them the opportunity to work in my office, uh, be around other entrepreneurs and get help in growing their business. I want to do that. That's going to be one thing. In terms of the software, we're at the point now where it's got some momentum and uh, we're now starting to do a little more in terms of better marketing, better positioning, better messaging. And we're going to start up. Uh, I've been test driving a partner program uh, with a couple local companies that are friendly and uh, uh, what I'm doing with them is I'm going to switch the model. So rather than being a CapEx-driven model where you build a website, you pay me up front, you pay for whatever I do, you can do an OPEX where we'll give you a website, uh, or not we, the partner will give you a website, but you're paying more for the services and the website all as a bundle. Uh, I think that's a interesting play. Not many people are doing it. You know, mm-hmm. And uh, be able to have a client that stays with you for three years, but you're really working on their results rather than technology. Like a lot, and no offense to you guys, but you know, a lot of your revenue comes from people updating the technology. And so mm-hmm. my view is that that's moving. You know, you've got things like um, some of the new platforms that are coming out or uh, not we, um, I forget the name. Where people can drag and drop and create pages and like you know, Bubble and those other no code tools. W. What's the W? Uh, Wix. Yeah, Wix. Wix and Wix. Squarespace. Wix is getting there. Like, you know, it's starting to do AI and uh, yep. some of those low end platforms are really getting there. So we'll stick to bad stuff. Like, our goal is really more all the difficult. Like, when someone's got lots of assets, they've got complex integrations, we'll be there with that. And we'll do that uh, with a common platform that is scalable and all those wonderful things. So, you know, all the security stuff built in and, and so on. So that's it's really the enterprise offering, really. Yeah, enterprise offering. yeah. Like, yeah. the enterprise is so huge. Um, mm. I mean, SM, they were saying SME stops at $2 billion in revenue. <laughs> it's like, what? Stops. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a very small yeah, business. That's there. A, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's in a SME. Show. To dealing with the government, you know. Yeah, correct. <laughs> a different world in Australia. Forget about overseas. Yeah. But I'm bringing all the software back in in terms of I'm going to set this up as a real 
tech hub. I really believe that we have lots of good talent. So mm. I've just recruited my first two grads and they're amazing. I'm going to do another two next year, uh, awesome. next year. Cause I think we've lost, when I first started grads were like really cool and then something happened. I don't know, like they've gotten a bad name because a lot of grads like are just job hopping. You know, we, you know, you enter five years, they, they come to you, I've got five years experience in seven companies and you go, well, mm. I don't know if you've got five years of experience, uh, but now I'm seeing a new type of grad appearing that really wants to get stuck in and do innovation and, and really challenge themselves. So I'm going to work on that. Uh, we, the, we started our business with a lot of grads. That's how we started. Yeah. And they stayed with us for years. Um, but they, we also stopped doing that because probably yeah, similar. Did, you know, because we then thought, oh, I need a senior guy because I need to bring experience. Well, yeah, that's the mindset changes a little bit. And you go, okay. Also, yeah. as we scaled, we couldn't sit with them and help them as much. So we needed yeah. a bit more autonomy as people came in, not just educating them and babysitting them through the way, if that makes sense. Mm. I just think if... What I've said, and my team said exactly that. They said, you know, who's going to train these guys? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Like, if, if you get the right grad, they don't need training anymore. Your documentation is yeah. really good. You've got AI now, so we're building a, a worker at the moment that's going to go through all our documentation, all our code that we have on the repo. So it's going to go and read all the repo, and then it will be able to tell you, hey, I want to build a blog post. How do I do it? And that will come. Now, a sample. I think AI is going to change a lot of that difficulty. Oh, definitely. But you need yeah. the right attitude. Like, you know, you see these guys, if they've got a problem, they don't rush to senior devs. They try and work that out first and then go. Yeah. Uh, and I think you've got to test them. Like, online testing, really important for me. Like, we'll, we'll take anyone on. You know, if someone does our online test or um, performs well, we'll, we'll take them uh, or at least interview them. Mm-hmm. Whereas previously we used to just listen to what they said, and and if you're not prepared to do our test, we don't want to talk to you, no matter who you are. So you run through like a code testing, yeah, process. But it's, cool. yeah. it's like yeah. four or five hours. Like it's that's okay. Well, that's a commitment. Yeah, if they're really willing to come in, my Russian yeah. product guy, he's <laughs> he put it together. Did he? <laughs> Good luck. Let's <laughs> go try it. He's I'll a... probably fail, man. <laughs> I would fail it. Uh, he yeah. always gives me shit about you know. Coding's yeah. <laughs> different now, Dave, man. It was, ah, oh, shut up. When you make as much revenue on your product as I, I have come and talk to me, you know, like, yeah. so. <laughs> I like it. I'm always giving them true. Um, so, I don't know, that's kind of where we're going. Uh, I think nice. we're going to start hammering a few of the old dinosaurs. We, we do really well against some of the old dinosaurs that uh, are still peddling, you know, monolithic. Mm-hmm stuff uh i think we're gonna have a real crack at some of the wordpress environments that are just proliferating and people are like oh i've got bob that looks after it uh yeah and bob has no idea there's no documentation so i think there's a bit of fun there to be had um and none of that like i've got this company at the moment i'm waiting uh out of sweden so that'll be our first swedish client i'm like that's exciting someone new it's new right anything new is always exciting it's gonna have its own challenges things to work through I figure I can go visit them, you know. Like, yes. <laughs> Off the yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Look, I, I don't. I think the software game in Australia is still very strong. Mm-hmm. I just think we have to believe in ourselves. You know, mm-hmm. People say to me, "Oh, it's so hard to go into the US." It's not. You just got to prepare to mm-hmm. um, to go hard 
and not get any results for a while. Like it took me a year yeah. and half a million buck lost to get a first time. Yeah, significant investment, isn't it? Right, and that's doesn't come overnight. Mm. And uh, in the meantime, my business here was going south because I put a CEO in place. That didn't work. Uh, it's a usual story. And and then you go, okay, well, let's do. What do we have to do to move forward? How do we do payroll? And you know the usual mm. stories that. All Every people. business goes through. <laughs> Nothing changes. Everyone you speak to is always the same story. I'm never not success. Yeah, no, 25 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic story, Sam. That's a really good story. I think it's um, good for people to hear and listen to as to an approach because there's definitely many approaches to the world of business and the way you've done it is you've invested back in yourself yeah. along the journey and spent the time to actually yeah. understand what customers need, want, desire, really dig in. And just go through that heartache because there's plenty of years of heartache that occurs. And in believed in yourself. Yeah. To well, you, back you need to a wife. I, I will tell yeah. you, you need a wife that supports. You, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you do. I packed the house up in six yeah. weeks and yeah. we were uh, four suitcases in Boston hmm. in winter, like yeah. in, heading into winter. Yeah. And we didn't have a house. We didn't have, yeah. couldn't get a credit card. Couldn't yeah. get a credit card. Yeah, get, no credit over there because you just nothing. I didn't have a yeah. credit rating, so I had to pay yeah. cash out of Australia all the time. So, mm. you know, there are challenges. However, if you, I always face it as a bit of fun. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. part of the game. Yeah. Uh, but I do. I now as I get older, have a no dickhead policy. So you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't care who you are and you're a dickhead. I'm not interested. Yeah, so, <laughs> I like that, it. That's, that's a good one to live by. Yeah. That changes things a bit, and I like hanging out with people that I find interesting. If you're yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, doesn't matter what you've done if you're interesting. I'm wanting, and uh, I think I'll be doing a bit more of that. I'll open up the office more to people to hang out here, and I have these group on say Lambda group called the Orphans that are entrepreneurs that are sort of solo entrepreneurs or have two, two or three people that want to work in a large group, and mm -hmm. they hang out here, and you know, we share ideas and stuff like that. But I think that's. Uh, you know, I'll get involved more and more in some of that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in terms of the CMS market, there's a lot of change going on at the moment. Uh, I think AI is going to play a big role in a lot of things we do. In every industry right now, every industry, yeah. every piece of tech is getting impacted. I just saw something the other day and I was like, that just ruins a whole bunch of services industries gone. Guy was doing a yoga pose, you guys might have seen it, in front of his computer. And he says to the AI, am I doing my yoga pose correctly? And the AI goes, no, you need to bring your leg in a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so that application, who yeah. knows where it can be used now. Look, yeah. it's, once in, someone gets the idea. Right? Like it's it's reading images. It's not reading video. But yeah. it starts being able to deal with video. And, I mean, who knows where it's going to go? And, hmm. and, yeah. like, like, I'm scared for that. Like, And I've been in this industry for nearly 40 years, right? So, yeah, and I've never I think you need to embrace it and take like everything else. It's new tech, we need to embrace it. That's the reality. Otherwise, what are you going to well, do? It's otherwise, like, you'll, you'll do what we did in like 2010, the iPad's coming. Who the hell's going to buy a 10 inch an iPhone? IPad? Yeah, exactly. That's what we said. <laughs> right off, it's a rubbish. There's a funny story um, that a guy called John Oliver, he's a commentator. If you look him up on YouTube, you'll see some of this stuff. But he was giving the. Um, to one of the consulting companies uh, last night, and they advised AT and T uh, 
not to um, use the mobile phones. They reckon 900,000 people by the year 2000 would have mobile phones or some ridiculous number. Yep. Um, and it ended up being like um, 70 million. Yes, yeah, yeah, they got that terrible advice. <laughs> yeah. had millions for it. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Bain, it was one of the other ones. Anyway. Yeah. 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 No one's got a crystal ball, let's be honest. (laughs) Some people have got a gift of building software and listening and moving fast, I think, and not being questioning themselves. I think one of the issues I've had in the past is I've always never believed that I had good software. I felt like we were an ugly duckling. So, Mm. you know, all my competitors are billion-dollar companies, right? They're all funded. Spend more money, like I heard the other day. I think Shopify spent something like five hundred million a year in, uh, in marketing. Well, not then one hundredth of that, right? Like yeah. you know, like it's just crazy. And so I can't compete at that level. So I have to compete on content. I have to compete on finding each client one to one and showcasing mm-hmm. what I've done and. I think there's lots of opportunity for everyone to do that and not second-guess yourself. But in the, end, in the end, capital is only one resource. We have a number of other resources, yeah? So you just got to be very – what we have is the box we're in and we've got to make it work. So and how do you stand out against the noise? Yeah, really yeah no one buys features. That's the mm. thing I'll say to people. Yeah. No one buys features. Everyone buys yeah. relationships. Yeah. And how and outcomes, obviously. So you know, can can I trust these guys to do what they yep. say they're going to do? And that's a hard bit in the in the states because mm. they're like, "Where do you live, Sam?" I go, "Well, I've moved back to Australia." Oh, oh. here. Well, my team. Oh, I say so you're not going to come and visit us. No. Okay. Yeah. Some people are okay with that, but yeah, others want their relationship. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Really good to connect, Sam. Thanks for joining us, every no podcast. Let's yeah. stay in touch because it's a great. great story. Great from where you've come to where you are now. So really good to hear the success that you're at in, in what you've carved out in your own path, your own journey. Without any VC capital, there is another way. Right. Uh, There's yeah. some people that have done a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we can always compare, but we've just got to appreciate what we've created in our own oh, world. Right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate your time. Thank you.